Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. I'm Mark Francis, once again, your host for today's episode. And with me are my cohorts, partners in ministry, worship team members, and we get a chance to talk about some fun things today. I have to my right, your watching audience left, pastor of worship, Mike Lukens. Good to be here. How are you? Good. Yeah. We um, talked about corresponding our shirts <laughs> yeah, once glad. again. Glad is the yeah. in thing these yeah. days. So, yeah, I'm Rose, sorry. I just don't, yeah, I didn't get the memo in. Oh. In thing isn't. My That's okay. Bent. Well, you, you don't have to always be dressed in plaid to talk. So, <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, you hear her also. This is Rose Locke. You have seen her on Fellowship Family episodes, Sermon Spotlight episodes. So we're excited to have you here thanks. as well. I always like coming and talking about. Um, I don't know. Uh, Talking about worship, and ministry right? things, ministry, yeah. things. ministry yeah. things, and kind of philosophy, more philosophy, yeah. theological stuff. Yeah, so. and you get the three of us in the same room at the same time. You never know what you're going to get. So, <laughs> um, let me just dive right in because uh, we are engaged in our building bridges focus, and that uh, started back in January. We're smack in the middle of it right now. And just to recap, we really started the focus heavy in prayer, recognizing that it's a, a work of God to bring people to salvation is a trust and dependence upon him to lead us and guide us in that path of how are we called to, to point people to Christ. So it really starts with prayer. And the the first several weeks, the focus was heavy in prayer, some prayer journals, prayer cards, prayer times between services, which are all still going on. Um, We then had two weeks in the middle of the corporate gatherings where we put a pause in the sermon series of Acts and had uh, an additional emphasis on this building bridge focus. Um, So from that, we're really turning the page and say to say what goes beyond prayer. I mean, prayer doesn't stop and end here. Um, But where are we then called to live out a life that is meant to reach others for Christ? So how can we have a conversation that talks about that? So we, we will really heavily talk about some application thoughts, but also how does our worship fuel our bridge building? And so from that, I really feel that God is calling our church in a really cool direction here, because if, if this, all this is really happening, if each one of the people of our body is praying for someone in particular, praying for how can God use me, he will answer those prayers. <laughs> And so these next several weeks of kind of some application conversations, which, by the way, the community groups have a four week study that you can go and watch and look at. If you're not in a community group, grab those brochures in the home center or by the community group wall. Grab a couple of people and start talking about it. Um, the sermon series in Acts is amazing right now, mm, too, yeah. giving some really good application points as we're turning the page in this focus. So. Having said all that, um, and before we get started on this idea of worship fueling our bridge building, I just want to go to you guys and just tell me kind of where, where has God shown up in your life over these last couple of weeks through this focus? So, Mike, I'll ask you first. Yeah, I think the, the idea of um, the, the sovereignty of God and Him, I mean, He's the one that does the work in, in bringing people to Himself. He, he's the one that draws people to Himself. He's the one that causes people to seek after Him. I just have a list of here, some things. Reveals spiritual truth, convicts the world of guilt regarding sin, convicts the world of righteousness. I mean, these are the, the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. So if if God is the one that does that, it takes the responsibility off of us. And God is then, as um, 
we showed that video from Jim Manable hmm. where he uh, quoted someone as, um, you know, God is inviting us into a place that he's already at work. So if we understand that, that God's at work drawing people to himself and um, bringing them to a place where they are seeing their need and he's ultimately the one that saves them, then we can just walk with God into those hmm. opportunities and just have our eyes open to those opportunities that he's preparing in advance for us to walk mm. into. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it isn't a matter of like, we need to create this um, evangelism campaign and we need to go out and knock on doors. God's, God's already at work. Mm -hmm. And as we walk with him, he's inviting us to, to walk into those opportunities that, that he's prepared mm -hmm. and just being faithful with what, I think that's a key point. As share. we walk with him, yeah. our eyes will become open to those opportunities. Right. Yeah. We well, can and I think more. like this isn't personal, but it's so related to what you just said that I think it's a, it's a natural thing. Um, one of the things that um, I was thinking about is when we, when, when we are displayed with the glory of the God and the greatness of our creator and who he is in his omnipotence and his omniscience and in his um, complete and total love for us. When we are confronted with those things, what is our natural response? God is great and I am not. We are immediately confronted with our sin. So now like we've just set up in a sense, the perfect evangelistic opportunity and the perfect opportunity for God to work because we have elevated in front of ourselves and in front of others who God is. And one of the questions I feel like you were asking, Mark, when you invited us here was the question of how does worship fuel, in a sense, evangelism? And Mike, you use the word fuel. And absolutely, it's the Holy Spirit doing those works. But then when we um, in our uh, ability to acknowledge who God is, do that, we, in a sense, assist the Holy Spirit is a terrible way to say it, but I think, you know what I mean? We're setting up this environment where people are confronted with who God is. And so I think that's an important part of how our worship times fuel evangelism, because as soon as someone sees who God is, and then they say, hey, that's who God is, and I'm not that, that means I'm a sinner and I need some reconciliation. Now we're in essence setting up the gospel, mm -hmm. right? So um, I was just listening to uh, someone speak this morning and, and that's exactly what he said is that when, when we lift up who God is and people come to that understanding that they're not that, we have in essence told them the gospel. And that's what we're doing, or at least trying to do every week as we plan and, and make our worship services happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel your answers are sharing what God is sharing with you, with <laughs> yeah. you, mm -hmm. in in yeah. this focus because it, you can clearly articulate kind of how God is a part of this, and it is all starts with Him, and that is, I think, <laughs> what He's teaching me as well is just the sovereignty component of just knowing that we can rest mm. and trust in Him as we walk by the Spirit. Right. So, and He's just calling us into those places. You know, we, we see it even this week. We're going to look again at. Peter and Cornelius and hmm. God could have used the angel to, to bring Cornelius to faith. Uh, but he wanted Peter to, to walk in that and have that opportunity to, to see God at work in his sovereign plan of bringing the gospel to the Gentiles and be a part of that. Right. Um, but it wasn't Peter like thinking, Oh, we, there's all these people that need to know the Lord. And how can we set up a strategy <laughs> to, yeah. to reach them with the gospel? It was just mm -hmm. like, 
he was in tune to, with the Holy Spirit and that mm-hmm. he listened and obeyed and, and walked into that. That's what I love about just reviewing the stories in the book of Acts and seeing how the disciples and the apostles and the teachers of the, that time just is just oozing out of them. This, this mm-hmm. passion and desire for others to hear who God is and what he did for them through Jesus. And, and it's just, it, it doesn't even say, oh, they sat them down and they had these chats with them. It's just like, they talked about Jesus and people came to faith. Well, you know, it's interesting this even comes up today. I had a, a, a conversation with another staff member and the staff member said that they were being challenged on this question. Am I doing things for God? Or am I doing things with God? And that that was causing the staff member to have a slight shift in focus of their thinking, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So are they they walking with God in his plans and in his ministry? Or are they saying, hey, God, I can do these things for you. And I think that, I think part of the Building Bridges focus has helped many of us, not just not just the general congregant populace, but many of us on staff to try to start making that shift, reminding us of that mm-hmm. truth. Yeah, I mean, the, the goal of this focus is not just to be one and done and then we move on to something else. It's meant to be an entire perspective shift, a culture shift that we can get outside of ourselves and outside of the bubble of these walls inside of a church to say, okay, how are we sharing mm. Christ with others? Not just living our lives, because that's one thing, but how can we open our mouths to that. And so that's kind of something I want to talk about this big million dollar question that we can say is what is going to motivate us to open our mouths? What is, and I think sometimes we don't talk about motivation a lot, <laughs> but there, there stems in the root of just anybody that there's, well, why am I doing this? And so what does scripture say of, mm-hmm. of why we should point people to Christ. And again, we just talked about the apostles. It oozes out of them. Right. Right. So they didn't have to think about their motivation. So how, what what kind of recognition of who God is that they realized that that was their motivation? What what motivated? When I, I mean, before we started, I read you guys this quote, so I can't take complete credit for this. It just so happens that, um, the Getty Worship Conference, which they do every September usually, um, they have already said that their focus for next time is going to be the Great Commission. And so the idea that when we worship and how we worship helps fuel mm-hmm. our, um, you know, the Great Commission, um, help me with the reference because I'm bad at Matthew, Matthew 28. Matthew 28. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, so they sent a blog post that I happened to read and the quote, uh, Matt Merker wrote it, but he said, when we behold, exalt and treasure the glory of our savior, what else can we do but tell others about him? Hmm. So when we are getting to know him, when we are spending time with him in um, his word, when we are in community with other people who are helping disciple us and point him to point us to him and we start to glimpse who he is in his completeness, then telling it's, it's like when you go to the grand Canyon and you see the grand Canyon, you can't help, but try to express with words what the grand Canyon is. Um, And so it's similar um, when we really get glimpses of who God is and what he's done, we can't help but express that to other people. And so it becomes this natural outgrowth of our worship and our continual relationship with him. Say those three words again. Behold, 
the three words were behold, exalt, exalt and, treasure, and treasure, the glory. Hmm. I would love that word glory. glory. I've always tried to find a definition mm-hmm. of that word and it's like undefinable in a sense. And it's, so it, to me, glory is what that means to when I hear that word, I think of how undefinable. It's kind of like the summation of all yeah, who God summation. is in essence. Yeah. yeah and it, it, and it, it's rude. It's like a weightiness. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. kavod. It's, it's the gravity of God, the weightiness of God, and uh, just how significant he is. And that uh, in, influences all the other attributes of God. Yeah. So that's certainly a component of the word worship. Yeah. You know, what we're all talking about right now is, a, is a essence worship is beholding God and treasuring God. And there, there is an aspect of, are we aware of who God is on a regular basis to then have our outflow and our response mm-hmm. of who God is overflow into others and the world around us? And so it, it makes me a little sad when people say, yeah, yeah I, I, I wish that some person would know about who God is and they're my friend, but I just don't feel compelled. I don't really feel it's, it's my place to say anything. I don't feel like it's my place to, to speak out and tell them I don't want to offend them. I don't want to, you know, I want to stay friends with them. I don't go down a slippery slope of I don't really know enough about things, you know. So it, it, how, how do we overcome these hurdles? Because the motivation that I hear you guys talking about is, is understanding and beholding God. Um, so I, I feel like there's more than just one answer to yeah. that. Yeah, and so how else can we unpack the the, the motivations out of that? Because you ready to jump into this? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm ready. So um, I think part of it too is understanding our identity. Um, and I I was re- reading a uh, book that I had read a while back uh, called "How to Worship a King" by Zach Neese. And let me just read some of this. Um, just. I think it's a, a real big mind shift, uh, mindset shift for us uh, if we grasp this, but talking about our identity. He says, since we often have a messed up or confused view of our own purpose in life and what determines these purposes, we also have a messed up religious view of ourselves. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be used by God? Most Christians would answer with the resounding yes. Well, let me ask you another question. Do you want to be used by your spouse? Do you, want, do you want to be used by your friends? Do you want to be used by the church? Do you want to be used by the government? No way. <laughs> uh, when you use someone, you treat them like a tool, not a person. I have good news for you. God doesn't want to use you. And that's kind of like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. God doesn't want to use us. Um, but he wants to know you. He wants to be known by you. God used Pharaoh. He knew Moses. God used Saul but he knew David. God used Judas, but he knew Jesus. God didn't create you so that he could use you. He created you so that you could know him. And then out of that um, flows this identity that God has created us as a spiritual priesthood when he saves us. Um, so this this idea of a priesthood goes all the way back to the, to the Israelites in Exodus 19, when God originally calls them to be a, a kingdom of priests, um, because they are the ones who are um, kind of stewarding the, the presence of God here on earth and allowing for a meeting place um, and, and not, 
not creating that, but but stewarding it, taking care of it. They're they're the ones that oversee this mm-hmm. meeting between God and humanity um, as His representatives here on Earth. Um, and God's established a tabernacle where His presence would dwell, and they were to to oversee that. Well, you know, because of the the golden calf and things, it, it became a limited priesthood. But um, still, there was that um, taking care of this place where God would meet with people. Now, in the New Testament, First Peter two, God says that that we are that spiritual priesthood. Um, he says, uh, "You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession." So these are identity things. This is who you are, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. So the Israelites were called to to be this priesthood. We are called to be this priesthood. That's our identity. And when we think of it practically, you know, the the, the Israelites, where did they move or when did they move in, in the wilderness? Well, they moved when the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire right. when moved. God told them. Absolutely. When God yeah. told them. So they were just following God in, in to where he wanted them to go. Well, same for us. Where, where, where do we move? Where do we go when the Holy Spirit directs us and leads yes. us in that? And what are we to do? We're to be this steward of a meeting place between humanity and God. And now... The tabernacle isn't this physical place, but but we are the tabernacle. So we, the church, are the the, the body of Christ, the tabernacle of God. Um, we, as individuals, also house the Holy Spirit. Um, so when I'm standing at line in line at Walmart, God might say, "You have an opportunity to the person in front of you or behind you to steward this meeting, an opportunity appointment that that person has with God." through us as his mm-hmm. priesthood. And uh, it just totally shifts our understanding because we understand what our identity is. So we're not, you know, God wants, God needs to use me and, and, you know, I'm just this tool, but now it's like, we're walking with God and, and he's leading us and directing us. And we have this opportunity um, constantly um, that, mm-hmm. you know, Ephesians 2.10, we are mm-hmm. his workmanship created in Christ for good works that he's prepared in advance for us to walk in. Mm-hmm. And we're just looking for those opportunities to, to, to walk in them and, and what, you know, just having our, our eyes open. And, you know, I was thinking of, um, sorry, I'm uh, taking all the time here, but, uh, you know, we, we sang come thou fount of every blessing, um, this week. And I think sometimes music does us a disservice because (laughs) I think when I sing that, I, I, you know, the, the sentence really should be come. And comma, thou fount of every blessing, you know, come God, yes. tune, tune my, my heart, heart to which sing is what your the praise. sentence really is. Right, that's the sentence. But, but the music doesn't necessarily yes. support that. Correct. Because we just kind of come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing your praise. Right. And uh, so um, what that prayer is, is that God would would tune our hearts. So that's that's where the, the personal opportunity for worship fuels evangelism like when when we're in tune with his heart then we're going to see those opportunities we're going to have the 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 eyes and the the mind of christ so when the ambulance shows up at our neighbor's house we don't just like close the Mm -hmm. curtains we Mm -hmm. we see what we can do to help 
Right? Um, or I know a story of someone who was replacing the hot water heater in someone's house. And the person who was getting their hot water heater replaced said, I think God hates me. And the statement comes from the fact that my hot water heater broke, right? So I have this trial in my life, so God must hate me. And the, pe- the people who were bringing the hot water heater in didn't say, didn't ignore the comment, didn't like brush it off, but instead said, why would you think that? Mm. Yep. Right. So it's that kind of understanding. Like, mm-hmm. That was a huge open door, yeah. right? Opportunity to share the gospel with that person. Right. So it's watching for those kinds of things. So it begs the question. I mean, you're basically talking about our identity mm-hmm. and talking about walking in the spirit. Yeah. And, and so the more in tune we are with our identity and our understanding of who we are in Christ and our knowledge of God on a regular daily basis, we have those praying without ceasing moments. Mm-hmm we're going to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and we will see those moments Hmm. and we'll be able to use words that the Holy Spirit gives us to speak those words. Here's my question though. What, what happens if we fall short? What happens if we feel and sense the Holy Spirit prompting us and we walk away and we don't acknowledge that opportunity? (laughs) There's guilt. There's, you know, oh, I messed up. And there's self-beating. How do, how do we Thank overcome that? There's God's grace <laughs> yeah. yes. that, yeah. that is beyond. You you asked us the question in, in preparation for this of yeah. like what motivates you? And I think part of the answer to that is asking the question, what keeps us from sharing the gospel? Mm. And, you know, for myself personally, as I wrestled the, with that, as we, we talked about it in our community group, as we're going through week one of the, um, the Building Bridges mm-hmm. um, study guide, uh, and I thought, you know, the, the, the man who was um, beaten and robbed on the road to Jericho, um, who the Good Samaritan ended up helping him. But I'm often the religious leader who doesn't want to get involved <laughs> because I'm too busy and I walk <laughs> on the other side of the street. <laughs> and I think, you know, that that's my shortcoming. You know, God has placed all these opportunities in front of me and it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know if I have the time to Yep. And it, uh, there's get that there's that B word mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. the B word, busy word mm-hmm. is the first word that came to my mind too. Yeah. Cuz I I mean to share to share your shortcomings, I'm thinking about a conversation um, that I had and I had afterwards I was I was kind of racked with guilt because after the, I I was, I was in an environment, we had a task in front of us and um, in easy conversation, church came up and I had like a wide open door to ask a question that took the conversation beyond church mm. and took the conversation instead into a relationship with God. Like the opportunity was there. I went, there's my chance. Mm. And I checked myself because of the B word, mm. because I went, if I open this door, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do I have the next hour to have that conversation that will need to ensue? And I went, no, I don't. And if, ever since that day, I have been looking for that same opportunity yeah. and it hasn't arisen with that same person, unfortunately. Yeah. And so I do think that we, we do tend to fill our schedules in a way that prevents us from having enough margin mm. that when the ambulance shows up next door, 
well, I can't, I can't run over there right now because I have to leave in 20 minutes for my haircut or mm -hmm. whatever the next thing on the calendar is. So yeah. I do think that that is something in our modern lives that does hinder us, Mark. And I, I don't know how we find that. I don't, I don't yeah, know the yeah. answer, obviously, because I struggle with it too. It's but. just letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. Yeah. But your first knee-jerk reaction was, thanks, thank goodness for God's grace. Yeah. And, and so using, using those opportunities, not just as a negative, but a positive, how is he growing us? Yes. in those times. Yeah, and right. Because we I learned something back, in that moment. And right now I've learned something really important about that moment. And and in my mind, I, I think I should have sacrificed the task. Mm -hmm. And I think that I learned something in that moment. And when those moments come again... I will sacrifice the task mm, it's, it's or I will try to, I will hope, I will hope yeah. that the Holy Spirit yeah. will empower me to sacrifice the yeah. task yeah. is how I should it, phrase it. it. It needs to be not guilt or shame compelling us, but yes. Paul writes in Corinthians that the love of Christ yes. compels yes. us. So again, the more in tune we are with Christ in his heart, that that's going to compel us to, to sacrifice ourselves for, yes. for the sake and the need of mm -hmm. other people. Um, if we're just doing it out of like, you know, I'm obligated as, as, you know, God's tool um, to be used. Right. And, you know, I'm going to feel guilty if I don't. That's a terrible motivator. Mm -hmm. But if, if the love motivator. and the compassion and, you know, you look at Christ and all throughout his ministry, that the compassion that he has mm -hmm. for um, those who were um, harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd, um, and weeping over them, it, you know, if, if we had that heart, then, you know, we'd be willing to sacrifice our busy lives yeah. and yeah. our and I desires. Think, like I think like in this case, what keeps coming to my mind now is a, actually a plea to the Lord. Like now I, I mean, before I was praying for this particular individual, but now I'm pleading with the Lord um, to, because, wow, what if no one else ever shares the gospel hmm. with her? Hmm. Right? And so. Um, but not out of a. No, I, I missed my chance. No. And I, I better make this up to out God. Out of a love for her, I love her, and I want her. I want, I want to see her yeah. in heaven. Right. And so I, I love her desperately. So I, I'm pleading with the Lord to move His Holy Spirit in someone else and to call to her heart. And so it even has, it even has that moment has intensified my prayers for her. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. But isn't it cool that even through imperfect people, God can <laughs> use things for his glory. Yeah. And if there is kind of a imperfect motivation of just simply saying, well, I'm called to do it. So I'm going to go out there and, sure. and try to do it. Yeah. God is still going to use yeah, that for right. his glory. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you boil it down, there are calls in scripture to, I mean, that's the great commission, you know, mm -hmm. go therefore make disciples. There's a call there. Yeah. So we are called to do it, but the motivation doesn't begin and end there. There's the love of God. There's right. the displaying his glory. There's mm -hmm. so yeah. many different components, yeah. I think, that make it up, but it, it, you just it, can't start and end with and one it goes, thing. And it really goes back to knowing God. I have to, we're, um, right. I don't know when you're going to release this, right. but I've been really chewing on the worship service that's coming this weekend. For some reason, it's really, I, I mean, I chew on them every mm -hmm. week, but for some reason, this particular one, I've just been like, um, it, it just really has moved me the idea that God chose his special people, the Jews, and he was going to work through the Jews. And that was his plan. And that's what he said. And the Gentiles were not going to be part of that. Um, the, the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the 
ites, we call them, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, They weren't going to be part of that plan. And we, I'm a Gentile. I couldn't force myself into that plan. Mm -hmm. And the Jewish people couldn't invite me into that plan. Only God in his miraculous sovereign love and care for me could graft me into that plan. And so when, when you start to understand things like we couldn't, we, we cannot save ourselves. Only God and his miraculous workings can do that. Um, when you're confronted with that, and then you understand that, that you have, um, that his grace allowed that to happen. And now because of that, you have the opportunity to love other people. You can't help but to love and care Mm -hmm. for them and desire for them to love and experience that same kind of grace because you know, you, you're fully aware you can't do it. Yeah. Right. You're fully aware only God's only God can do it. And only his Holy spirit can do it. And I think, to, to, to circle us back to worship and, and the corporate gathering and why that's mm-hmm. so important, we're going to tell that story again this mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to sing how great thou art, mm-hmm. the only God who could save me. And because you've saved me, um, because Christ died on the cross for my sins, he is advocating for us before the throne on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And in God's grace now, we can be part of that. And so now let's go love other people. Mm -hmm. And telling that story over and over and over again and chewing on it over and over and over again and coming together as a corporate people to do that just inspires us to go out and do it again. And, you know, we we hope that um, there will be uh, seekers in our body. Mm -hmm. We hope that the physical building and the signs and the marketing and the Facebook and all of that, we hope that those tools, I'll call them, will bring people here. But for our body of believers that are gathered to be reminded of what the gospel is and to hear that story and to know the story they're supposed to tell and how simple it is and how to tell it well. And to be reminded of the gospel so yes. we can then go live it out. Yes. It's the whole idea of right. being gathered together and then scattered for the mm-hmm. purpose of displaying God's glory and being his light in a dark world mm-hmm. to allow us to have it so, it just invested in our hearts and souls of who mm-hmm. God is and what and he has done are. for us that we can then just ooze that right. light mm-hmm. the apostles yeah. did in the book mm-hmm. of Acts, because yeah. there's just this natural gravitation that people are going to be drawn to seeing who God is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if Christ is lifted up, he'll draw all men unto yeah. him. And so we have to lift him up. And, and Acts, and not- Acts 1-8 just reminds us, I hope everybody's memorized Acts 1-8. And I hope that some of the truths of Acts 1-8 have infiltrated their hearts. Because Acts 1-8 starts with, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power... Mm then you will be my witnesses, right? And so it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, we don't have to do it. That's, that's <laughs> we re- get that's restful, to. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so there's, there's the rest that hopefully comes from this worship fueling our outreach. And there's the dependency upon the Lord and it's our growth that I mm. see even happening within our team as we're talking just through these mm-hmm. last several weeks and through hopefully the rest of you guys at the church, that there's this recognition of what it looks like to continually walk in the spirit, mm-hmm. 
because that's that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. And when you walk in the spirit, you'll see the opportunities and you'll you won't be scared of am I gonna say the wrong <laughs> words because it's not about me. Right. It's yeah. it's about the Lord. It's it's the Holy Spirit that was using the apostles and disciples, and we're no different right now. We have the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's what's that's what's cool. So we mm. talk about motivation. Well, you can break down any way you want to, <laughs> but it is understanding who God is. Yeah. And so from that is the definition of worship. Yeah. Uh, it's just we are worshiping a God who is in charge of all things, in charge of us, <laughs> and loves us. Yeah. And so how can we not help but just go yeah. show that to other people? And, and back to the, the, you know, the, the Peter passage, First um, Peter 2, mm-hmm. declaring the excellencies of him, you know, mm-hmm. that... I mean, that, that's evangelism is, uh, you know, sharing the excellencies of God uh, specifically, you know, what, what does God want for that unsaved person? Well, he wants to make them a worshiper of him. And that happens through them entering a relationship with him through faith mm-hmm. in Christ's sacrifice for them on the cross mm-hmm. and putting their trust in that. Then they are able to to walk with him and and worship him and and be his royal priesthood to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's understanding what God wants them to know um, that unsaved person about God and you know the means to to have that relationship. Um, but mm-hmm. it's it it boils down to declaring the excellencies of Him mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to the world. I I love how our church has some things that are documented and captured from the beginning of its creation where there's the, the, our mission statement out of a desire to glorify God mm. as a spiritual community. That, that's a phrase that gets lost. We always talk about preparing and deploying dependent disciples. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that is, we're realizing with this focus, a deci- preparing and deploying dependent disciples, we can prepare disciples by actually talking to unbelievers and showing Christ to them, that's a form of discipleship, mm-hmm. but it comes out of a desire to glorify God. That's, yeah, that's, right. I, I love that phrase. And then even our core values, loving God, loving truth, loving family, loving the church and loving the world. The first two core values of loving God and truth are, are then hinged on then who the others are, family, church, and the world. And that's, it's just, it's nice to see how that falls in line with scripture <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it falls in line with what we're talking we about. We didn't just here. make these things up. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, loving God and loving others, pretty simply put, mm-hmm. difficult to live out, yeah. but <laughs> understanding who God is, I think really stems that. So let's just tidy this up in a nice little bow. We, Rose, you mentioned corporate gatherings are where it's at to be reminded of the gospel. Mm-hmm for us to then go live our lives the rest of the week, um, the other six days of the week. Um, how do you live out of the personal life of worship to to grow in your understanding of God during the week, wow, not just that's, the corporate that's gatherings? That's like a really, that's a Personal a question here. Well, I'm, I'm really fortunate because an important, I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but an important part of my role here is to really... Um, chew on the corporate worship times and are the corporate worship times um, done in a way that there's very little distraction and that Christ is being lifted up. Um, It's an important thing that I do. And so I get the extreme privilege of, I kind of, I, I call my week at work running from Tuesday to Sunday 
Um, and so I get the extreme privilege to start my week at work on Tuesday mornings, chewing on the gospel and what it looks like and what it means in different ways that it can be expressed in different facets of it. And then I get to spend my day on Wednesday reading through the songs that we sing and reading through the scriptures and sometimes going down rabbit trails of where other scriptures might lead us. And then I get to spend the end of my week, uh, my work week preparing, right? So I have a privilege that is beyond words to me and I'm extremely thankful for to actually do that um, as a career in a sense. Um, but then outside of that 40 hours, um, I just hunger to be in God's word. I just think it's an important part mm -hmm. to just, just read. I, I'm doing, I'm doing about three studies right now. I'm doing a chronological read through of the Bible this year where I'm spending time in the old Testament right now. And the, the time, the Exodus from Egypt and Leviticus, I'm kind of sitting there in that study right now. I, I do a personal study with some friends. We're going through the book of judges and where in the world is God in the book of judges? And how do we see the glory of God there? Cause there's some really kind of unique and interesting things there. So for me, it's really about inundating myself with God's word because that's how I'm going to know him and love him. Mm -hmm. And then when I am in the line at Walmart or um, I occasionally get to do some classical piano gigs and stuff like that, when I'm sitting in a middle school choir rehearsal and um, I see kids who just really need to know the Lord and I can just put that little seed of truth in them, I know it's the truth because I've been spending time in God's word. Mm -hmm. So for me, the key is is to be in God's word as much as I possibly can. Hmm. Yeah. Mike, how about you? Yeah, for me, it's, you know, I, I just so desperately need other believers to, to really motivate me. So it's, you know, my wife saying, you know, we're driving the other day to go somewhere and she's like, can we pray? And I was like, oh yeah, we could do that. And we, we actually prayed that God would use us to, you know, come across someone's path that we'd be a blessing to. And, no sooner did we get to the place we were going where we came across someone who was in need and we were able to be there, um, help meet that need. It was like this instant answer to prayer or our, our community group. Um, you know, there, I would, you know, confess that majority of the weeks it's like, oh, I'm just tired and I'd rather just kind of stay home tonight. But we go and I come away from that just so um, motivated and encouraged in the Lord and built up and strengthened um, times when I meet, you know, one-on-one -on -one, it's, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, me trying to impart someone something from the scriptures about worship or something trying to disciple. Um, but I'm built up and encouraged in that, um, that, you know, doesn't come from a motivation from my own heart, but, but from fellowship. And then certainly when we gather together corporately um, that motivates us. So you know, that uh, community really fuels my um, walk with the Lord. And it, mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't know how you, how you survive apart from that. You know, but how, isn't it interesting? I, I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> listening to you talk and then I'm thinking about what I said. And I would say just in worldly terms, I'm an extrovert. 
Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go out of my way to go talk to people and be right. with people. Right. And you tend to be an introvert. Sure. So it's really interesting that I would say something that fuels my faith is <laughs> my personal time <laughs> is that my personal time yeah. fuels my faith and that you would say that your communal time fuels your faith. So it's almost like God uses <laughs> what is kind of antithetical mm, to what we would what naturally. We make, yeah. So we would, I would naturally seek out Lots of community, lots of social, lots of time with other people. That would be my natural bent. And your natural bent would probably be to, to spend quiet time, mm-hmm. right? And so what we're both saying is that God uses what is not really our natural bent, you know, if you'll mm-hmm. let me use those terms, to inspire us to, to grow in our walk with him, which I just, that just struck me mm-hmm. right now. It's mm-hmm. kind of an intriguing thing to think yeah. through a little well, bit. Well, let me speak for the masses because yes, we all work at yeah. Fellowship Bible Church. Um, I do also have a career outside of that. And so right. for all of you watching and listening, are like, well, all you people are paid to do that. <laughs> You're right. supposed to do that. You're pouring into right. songs and yeah, lyrics yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Guys, like there's no reason not to do what you guys are talking about doing. Mm-hmm. Because as I'm driving down the road, I'm on the, in the car a lot. I'm, I'm pushing the Bible play and just studying ahead of in the mm-hmm. book of Acts. You know, there's, there's times where I'm interacting with people who I know don't know the Lord. And I'll find opportunities in a work environment or in, in just a one-on-one setting to, to say, have you, do you realize that this is all part of God's plan? You know, there's, there's opportunities where you can just say little things like that. There's, there's moments where in my personal worship time, yes, I am pouring over the songs a lot. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You don't have to do that in preparation of a Sunday. You can do that as a follow-up of the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we have song lyric sheets available. We have Spotify playlists available. Not just the songs, but right. you can go back and review the sermon. You can listen to Sermon Spotlight. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is plenty of opportunities yeah. and resources for the general public who is not just a working person at church yeah. to pursue God. Right. And, and, that's, and that's one of the things I'll say is that I think, I think one of the things I really love about Fellowship Bible Church, there are many things I love about this church body here, but one of the things I love about what we do here is that we do, we do provide so many resources and so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. If, there's, if there's a problem or a question or a concern, there is someone here or there's a resource here that can answer that for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that 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 is something that you know people can avail themselves of well to help them grow to help them understand the glory of God and um, and I love how you yeah. started Mike it's not a program it's not a <laughs> evangelistic checklist one on one which is what I appreciate about this focus mm-hmm. is that there aren't just here's the ten magical steps that <laughs> you need to do they're they're essentially it's an understanding and walk with God and growing in our knowledge of Him. That worship fuels our outreach. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the more we know him, the more we're going to talk about him because mm-hmm. the more we see his glory. And, and I, I love that. So, you guys, thanks for being a part of this conversation. It doesn't start or end here. Yeah. There's plenty of other things. Again, talk, talking about resources, I'll just point you guys. I mean, there's opportunities if you want to host a neighborhood Easter egg hunt. There will be information about that coming up soon. There is Easter coming yeah. up right around the corner. Again, going to church and, and inviting somebody to church is not the end all be all for them to get saved. But you know what? It's a great opportunity uh, for all those people that will typically say yes to come to church on Christmas and Easter. I hope our doors are full and people and walls if, are. If evangelism is calling people to become part of the body of Christ, maybe it's helpful that they get to see what 
kind of maybe getting themselves mm-hmm. into. So yep. an invitation to, to join us on Easter. And our Easter great. services, if, I mean, it, they'll be, you know, an hour long. We have on Saturday night, six o'clock on Sunday morning, we have eight o'clock, nine thirty, and 11 o'clock downstairs in fellowship three is 11 o'clock. So there's five opportunities over the course of that weekend, plus a Good Friday service that you can come personally and reflect on. Well, I was going to say, the, talk about chewing on God the, and what God is doing. The Good Friday service, I don't know, for some reason that's become a, a special, hmm. a special place. That The Good Friday service has held a special place in my heart the last couple of years. I guess God has been calling me a little bit to, I, I love Christmas, right? Um I love, I love worship services, but I love Christmas. Um, but for some reason, God has just been call, really calling me to, to chew on the death of Christ on the cross and what that means for me. And so the last year's Good Friday service and this year's Good Friday service, I've really been sitting in them a lot. And um, I'll just say uh, Hebrews um, chapter eight. Uh, after I spent a long time really thinking about the Good Friday service, Hebrews chapter eight came to life to me, alive to me in a way that it never has before. So one of the things I love about God's word mm-hmm. is that as many times as I read it, as many times as I hear it quoted, I go back to a passage I've read a hundred times and all of a sudden I understand it in a new way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, well, sorry, Good, good Friday, Friday service yeah. is <laughs> 11 Friday. o'clock and seven o'clock. So for those of you guys that have the day off, I'm at 11. <laughs> And for those of you guys that do work on Friday at seven o'clock, and it is going to be an amazing worship opportunity to reflect yeah. on what Jesus did for us. Yeah. Followed yeah. up by, this is news, followed up by an opportunity to sit and reflect. Mm. Um, if you if you want some time and space, um, we're going to uh, display Jack Cribbs's mm-hmm. paintings and um, just have some quiet time available in the fireside from noon to three mm-hmm. on Good in Friday. The, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So be on the lookout, guys. There's plenty of opportunities and just we'll just challenge you. Grow in your walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will fuel your outreach and your bridge building to the mm-hmm. world around you. So thanks for watching. Thanks for being a part of it. Um, continue to um, just share this with other people that you know. You can find this episode on YouTube. You can find it on any podcast platform. And um, we'd love to hear from you as well. So if during the course of this focus, God has been speaking to you and showing you things, we want to hear from you. So share your stories, give us feedback. And um, we love to encourage the body through what God is doing in your world. So until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. 